Okay. Oh, man, being off schedule feels weird, Jay. Yeah, it really does. I, I'm glad you started that with that because I uh, wanted to apologize to everyone. Sorry. So sorry we didn't have a full episode for you last week. Um, I messaged John, gosh, I guess probably Saturday. And I was like, hey, I'm not going to get to this movie this weekend. I've got too much going on. And uh, obviously, John had somewhat of the same dilemma. Mm-hmm. So we put it off. Um, but now we're back on track. So I feel like for for me, at least, it's becoming inherently trickier to since we normally record on Wednesdays. That's kind of in my head, the the budgeted time throughout the week. And if we were trying to, to review a movie that comes out that week, we essentially have to see it Friday and record Saturday just so it's not Sunday and we're frantically like, oh my gosh, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? Yeah. So instead of, um, you know, finding a, a way to, to rush out a product that I feel like I don't, I, I personally wouldn't be able to look back on and be super proud of, um, we decided to delay a week and, you know, see the movie on our schedule and, you know, get thoughts together kind of assemble those and i i'm very excited to to talk about this movie me too me too i was just telling john uh in our life group there's a a guy who um who attends with me and he he loves movies just period like he he goes to the movies a lot and so he had asked me if i'd seen across the spider-verse yet and so we got to talk about it for about 15 20 minutes this evening and um so very excited to to share my thoughts but um so yes sorry about the delay but uh we're here now and so so what you will have this month anyway uh not saying this this could very well happen again in the future um but for this month you have this episode today uh which will be monday the 12th and then you will have another episode the very next week mm-hmm. on the 19th. Uh, and the 19th is going to be, um, we've done this before where John watched something and I watched something else and we both had our take on whatever it is that we watched. We will be doing that again yeah. in next week, ep- next week's episode rather with the flash and uh, which is what John will be reviewing. And then myself, I will be reviewing Transformers Rise of the Beasts. The more and so this could be um, we're recording the week Transformers comes out. And typically when a movie is coming out, they have that last advertising blitz, you know. So it could just be I'm seeing trailers and clips and and like little bits and pieces of this movie like everywhere. But the more of it I see, the better it looks. So like whoever they have on their marketing team, A plus. Yeah, I don't know. Did you watch Bumblebee? The last Transformers movie I watched was the the second one. Wow. And that I was think a, there's that been was a like a long time ago. There's been like three plus Bumblebee since then. I don't know how many there's been since then. Yeah, I think you're right. There's oh. been about three since then. Like hit, a total of six with the original. I'll hit you with um, this, Jay. Um, I've only seen two Transformers movies. I have never seen a single feature length uh, Ninja Turtles movie. Wow. That kind of makes me sad. Uh, yeah, it kind of makes me sad. I never saw the old ones and I never saw the new ones. Well, then you know what that means. We have to we see the new one. We will have to review the new one then. <laughs> 
because then we will get an honest opinion from you and then a somewhat biased opinion. I'm familiar with the Ninja Turtles. There was a show on when we were kids that had a, yeah, it had an animation style, like kind of like X-Men evolution where they had those like thicker lines, but the more vibrant colors. Yeah. Yeah. I watched that a lot. Like I have hard opinions on it. If I were to rank the turtles one to four hard opinions, but I just never saw any of the movies. Gotcha. Okay. Well, we will have to uh, review that then. They actually, they had a uh, preview for that one, for the new one coming out in, what is that, August? September? We'll be, I think we'll be back for that. We typically take July off, right? Ooh, or do we take August off? We usually take August off. Okay. Because that was when I had COVID, and so we took that month off. Yeah. That can, that, was rough. Yeah. that can sit in a grave and rot. Good gracious. That was, that was not good. Um, <laughs> it's not funny. Why is it so funny? Oh man. <laughs> so, but, anyway, um, we'll find a so, way. but we'll, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah. I know we will. Cause I'm, I'm actually pretty excited for it. I seeing this trailer. I, I love that they actually have teenagers playing the teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. You mean you, what a, you wouldn't want there to what be an like, iconic idea. <laughs> middle-aged mutant ninja turtles like (laughs) donatello's on his way home from his accounting gig michelangelo still delivers pizza like that would be almost as fun as like like if that was a post-credit scene completely in do not care yeah yeah young adult mutant ninja turtles like they're just getting married and one's having their first kid and they're like i'm not sure if i'm ready for this what if i can't be a good dad Oh, it's too real. That's that's so man. Man, that would be someone fund that. That'd be great. Even as just I'd like like a series of shorts on YouTube, not actual sure. shorts, because that's their their short what they call their short form video. But if it feels like like eight to like or like like five to eight minutes of just <laughs> like here's what twenty five year old Michelangelo's doing, and he's just like at a skate park doing Michelangelo things. Man, that would be I I rabbit hold us somewhat aggressively. Um, uh, so no, I have not seen Bumblebee Jay to answer your question that I answered <laughs> with right. a question. I'm the original question <laughs> oh man yes so bumblebee really did not get um the attention that it deserved i believe that. it was excellent i that was one of those it i think like everybody else i had gotten completely burnt out on the original transformers movies that they did i watched maybe the first three and then the third one was so bad when they came out with a fourth one I was like, are you serious? Like, how much more of this can we honestly do? And so I didn't see any more. So when they said they were doing Bumblebee, I was like, well, that's dumb. Like, no, I'm not going to check that out. Well, then it happened to be on a streaming service and we didn't have anything going on. I was like, let's just watch this. Let's just see what happens. It was so good. And you know why it was good? Because Michael Bay wasn't involved. I have mixed emotions with Michael Bay. You could, you could say the Transformers franchise really blew up in his face. See, now for those of you who don't know, uh, that's a joke about Michael Bay putting just ludicrous amounts of explosions in everything. Yes. And because I explained the joke, it's now funnier, right? Those are the rules. That's how it works. Okay, yeah. Excellent. Well done. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like the meme of, I'm sure you've seen it, but it's the little girl who's like hitting the pinata and then she like hits it once and the candy starts falling out. So all the kids start running up and then she swings the stick <laughs> and it cuts to Optimus Prime cutting off all the heads of the other Transformers. No. <laughs> It and it's be like funny, but it is. It sit. It fits perfectly. It's great. My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. No, I am the father 
Anyway, um, so what are we like? Ten minutes in. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm Jay, and with me, of course, as always, is John, and we are here to bring you another uh, movie review that you didn't ask for. Um, but I feel like at some with... level you knew you were always going to get. Like this is yeah, absolutely. as in our wheelhouse as I feel like it can possibly get. Oh uh, yes, yeah. Like this, this might be one of the movies that even influenced us in the first place to do this podcast. Was this movie? Well, the the original of the the Into the Spider-Verse. the original one, yeah. yes. Because you and I both like fangirled over it, it's and so we're like, good. "This is so good. It's so good. This is everything that a comic book. This is everything that every comic book." I can't talk. I'm so excited about it. I can't, but the words are just not, can't form. Uh, every comic book nerd looks at the, the original movie and they go, that's what a comic book movie should be mm-hmm. right there. <laughs> it should feel like a comic book, which is exactly what they did. Yeah. Like style. Is, I mean, we'll, we'll talk more about this as we get into um, across yeah, we'll, the spider first, yeah, yeah. but like, man, very, very excited for it. Yes. Uh, but first up, we got some news. Well, first, John, I didn't. I didn't even start out. What? How? How have you been? I. I haven't. I feel like I haven't talked to you in um, like a month now. <laughs> I. I'm older now. Uh, I'm now 31. That's right. So. Um, uh, I don't know if this is really a news flash to anybody, but uh, adult life birthdays don't matter. Like, I Not, know. Like, I know. I was supposed to feel different when I turned 30 last year, but like, I. I do not care. Yeah. Well, it's not that they don't matter. It's that they're of little consequence. Like nothing, sure. like when you're a kid, you're like, oh man, this is like, this and Christmas are the day I look forward to all year. And <laughs> for me, it was always something to look forward to because with my birthday being at the end of May, I was, n- I've never been in school for my birthday once, which is great. <laughs> it was always a, a nice little bonus. Um, but there was always like milestones to look forward to of like, oh, I'm a teenager. I can drive. I turned 18. I turned 20. I turned 21. Don't ask uh, me why I was excited about that. Um, but now it's like, I turned 25. I can rent a car by myself. I turned 30. Oh, dear Lord. I turned 30. Like, that's all it is. It's just existential dread every year, magnified every 10 years as soon as that first number changes. Yeah. So it's just like, I had a birthday, my wife and I took a fun little trip, I spent a lot of time with a lot of different groups of friends, um, I, had a, I had a really good time. Good, good, I'm so glad. That's um, really all you can ask for yeah. with, a, with a birthday, it's just getting to spend time with friends and family. So in the time since, Jay, a mild Tears of the Kingdom update, have you thought about starting the plot yet? Yes. Okay. I have. I, I've thought about it, and I've completed one, like, main quest thing. <laughs> what is that? The the Wind Temple? Yes. I watched a friend of mine the beat the Wind Temple, like, two days ago. A, yeah, it's on a giant ship yep, in the sky. That's the one. Yeah, yep. I, that's, that is the one that I've completed, and since then, I have just been exploring and finding yep. all sorts of cool stuff. And, uh, I, I don't know this time around, I really have gone. I, I'm just, whenever I see something and I go, Ooh, what's that? I just, I go just go. Yeah. Like, I don't even ask questions. Yeah. I think that's, <laughs> I think that's, I, I'm not going to sit here and gatekeep like this is the right way or the wrong way to play any game, specifically an open world game like that. Um, 
that's how I would want to play it. Yeah. Is I'm going to go and I'm going to do everything I can because there's going to come a point, at least there is in, in uh, Jedi Survivor, where the world is open until it is closed. And by that, there are certain things that you can't do or places you can't access until you gain skills that you get from the plot. Oh, right. Yeah. And I feel like Tears of the Kingdom is going to have that eventually. I just don't know when it is. Yeah. No, for sure. Uh, it's... um. Yeah, there's just so much to do. I don't know. And uh, one of the things I did decide to do that that is a main quest, but is not really something that seems like it's super important to get done, is there's these, like, um, crop circles, basically. And um, I, I don't know what they... Geoglyphs, I think is what they call them. And you have to go... They're called... The, the, the quest line is called... Um, the dragon tears or something like that. Okay. And so you go to these different things and it gives you like a, a part of a story. And eventually I'm guessing all the tears will come together and it will create this like story for you. And it's kind of answering the question, like where did Zelda go? Why is she missing? Why is Ganon back? Like what, what's, what's going on there? Yeah. And so I thought that I assumed, I guess that as you went to each one, it would reveal it in order. Not the case. Oh no. Not the case. And so I found, the first one and it gives you the first little plot and then i found a map room and i thought i had figured out Mm. oh okay so if i go to this one next it'll give me the next part of the story no it gave me like the 10th part of the story (laughs) conceptually that stresses me out so bad i was really annoyed i was like well okay well now i know that but like how did they get there (laughs) why are they not giving it to me in order So I feel like on a first playthrough of a game like this, you have so much desire to want to solve all of the puzzles independently, right? Yeah. For for me in Jedi Survivor, it took me dying to the same tomb or the same puzzle, like whatever, for like 20 minutes straight of trying and failing before I was like, I'm going to look up a YouTube video. Um, And it was very, (laughs) it was very discouraging because it was like the the solution was so simple. I did not even consider it. It was Mm. upsetting. Um, Yeah. But with a game like that, with a situation where you're discovering pieces out of order, I feel like that I would use a guide for just to get the order down. Yeah. Of just, well, I found the first one and then I found the 10th one. Well, I really would have loved to have found the second one second, that type of thing. <laughs> exactly. So I would exactly. just go in and like, I don't know, like get a map and mark like a two and a three and just try to find them in order. But yeah, by and large, yeah, I think what I'm going to do is, is there's probably a logical way to figure out what order they go in. And so I'm going to start going through like the different, like I'm going to try to figure it out myself first, try that. And then if I do one of them and it's like the fourth one, then that's when I'll be like, all right, Come forget on, it. I'm going to look up a... <laughs> I'm going to look it up. <laughs> right. But, uh, but yeah, um, so that has been a blast. Um, literally the only game that I've been playing now, like yeah. I haven't even attempted to pick anything else up. Um, I did what I did though, jump on Xbox the other day just to see if there was anything on sale in the store. Okay. And, um, I, because of the button layout for the switch, I kept pressing B thinking it was a, and I was getting so frustrated. I was like, why is this thing not working? (laughs) And then it dawned on me. Oh, wait a second. I feel like that would, that would trigger me. If I were to start playing Switch games, because I've only ever played, I mean, I've dabbled on the Switch, but it is by and large Meg's console. And I've played so, at this at this point, this is upsetting to actually verbalize, 
probably thousands of hours with what I would consider the standard controller layout because Xbox and PlayStation have the same, yes. like the same buttons do the same things. Right. I would, it, I would have the inverse of that where you had issues going from switch to Xbox, me going from, I mean, I use a, a PlayStation controller, but going from that to a switch, I would be like, why can't Nintendo just be normal? <laughs> yeah, I do think that, um, and they actually, I noticed for this game in particular, they did switch it, yeah. where you can actually go <laughs> into... Switch. <laughs> they, they, it upsets me that I didn't see that before I said it. Um, but you can go into the settings and you can change the button layout so that it plays more like a standard, like, um, R- RPG would, yeah. you know, in any other system. Yeah. However, I tried it because at first I was like, oh, that would be great. Because then I'm not going to get confused, except because I played the first one. You got super confused. I got even more confused because my brain was able to switch back to the first one. And so I was like, all right, well, they they got me. (laughs) Oh, the wascally wabbits. But um, so we're getting we're 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 20 minutes in now. Let's 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 get back on track. So (laughs) news. (laughs) We do have just a little bit of news. Just for uh, this episode. So first up, um, Expendables 4. Why? Um, which Just why? It, that's the first question. Yeah. Like, that's... Expendables 1 is one of my guilty pleasure movies. You, We hung out in college. You were aware of that. It was a great movie to just, like, get the guys together. We'll cook up some... I think the thing we did most was, was uh, chicken that had been marinated in Italian dressing, which is delicious. Um throw a movie on and just hang out. It was like multiple Friday nights during college was during that, like doing that with movies. Um, the first one is for, for what it is. It's not a good movie. It is a fun movie. Yeah. None of these expendable movies no, are good. No, that, that, I feel like that's the whole point. Like they're supposed to be <laughs> yeah. bad. Um, exactly. The second one I feel like was better mainly because it wasn't the third one, which was just horrendous because they went, they were exceptionally R rated, right? They were not subtle about what they were. They leaned into like every eighties action movie stereotype that they could until the third one, when they were like, Hey, what if we, what if we went to be PG 13 to be more commercially successful? And then they probably weren't like, they probably made less money on the third one. Uh, yeah. So they were like, Hey, what if we, what if we wait like 10, flipping years and we make it again and we add megan fox and we make it sexy yeah but let's yeah no just no <laughs> that was never needed well, in expendables and, movies okay and and take what you how you even began that entire layout there when i was in you college? said you were in college first off second you and the guys yeah right yeah so like you me uh I don't want to drop names just in case they don't want to be named, but there were several other guys. Potential pod listener one, potential pod listener two. (laughs) You all can fight over who's who. Our whole audience, right? (laughs) Um, (laughs) No, and then, but but what would happen was, is I remember specifically, we would go to, we went, one time we went to CeCe's and we pigged out on pizza and then went back to the center and turned on Expendables and that's what we watched together. Yeah, that CC's is no longer open. It is closed. I believe that. Yeah, who'd have thunk, right? <laughs> Pay $5 and eat your weight in cheap pizza. Yeah, back Man. when it was still $5. I'm sure it's probably close to 10 if not more now. What were we thinking? That was, man, that was a mistake. We were young and stupid, yes. and it was fun. <laughs> uh, those All three of those statements are true. Uh but you started that out with, you know, it's guys. Yeah. You know, and, you know, women, ladies, listen, I'm not being sexist at all. 
But I would be willing to bet that the majority of the people that watched those movies were probably men. I would imagine I, yeah, that I there were a not assumption. a whole lot of women that were watching the Expendables. Well, and they didn't really introduce a female Expendable until the third one, right? With Ronda Rousey? Yeah. You remember that, like, Blink and You'll Miss It when she was famous? Yes. Yeah, weird times. Yes. So, like, and then even then, her role was... One of the guys. Not, yeah. Essentially. Like, yeah. And so, but like John said, it was... Of the three that have been released so far, it was the worst one. Um, not because of her. Oh, not at but all. Just, no. But just because they lost sight of who it was that they were selling this yeah, to. They, they, and so I feel like they needed Rafiki. this one is... Remember <laughs> this one. who you are. <laughs> so this one is going to be, I guarantee you, is going to be exactly the same way. Because you've now lost sight of ah. your audience. Your audience is a bunch of guys that just want to see really cool gunfights and big explosions. Yes. And cheesy dialogue. But it's also, from their perspective, it's a logical assumption to think those same bunch of guys wouldn't mind if there was some skin thrown around. And I see what they're, like, I see the logic of their statement. I just disagree with it because I feel like that's part of the thing about the Expendables is like, and this is, this is just me, the way that I intake media. I'm so much more willing to watch gratuitous violence and obscene language without any type of like graphic sex than I am if that's also there. Yeah. Like there's a reason why my some of my personal favorite parts of Game of Thrones were later in the show because the shock value of the pay cableness of the show wore off. Because early in the show, it was just like nudity everywhere. And I I mean, that's not my thing. I don't really vibe with that as a as a shock device. And personally, I don't feel like that's really needed in the Expendables. Because like you said, it's just a bunch of guys wanting to get together and watch stuff blow up. And the fact that it was the first part of the trailer is like either this is just how they're going to market it or it is going to be a crucial part of the movie. Yeah. And either one, I'm not really on board with. No, I agree. So if you want to see Megan Fox potentially blow some stuff up and kill some things. Go watch the first Transformers movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know that I have desire to see Expendables 4, which is troubling because I genuinely loved the first two. Yeah. Yeah, the first one was great. I remember thinking that. The first one was great. Mm -hmm. And then the second one, they showed who was going to be joining the cast. And it was like, are you serious? Right. Like, this is... This, this gets better? Yeah. So... Well, jumping from that universe to something very, very different. That we're very excited um, for. Yes. Ahsoka trailer, the final trailer, I believe. I think I saw it's got the label of the final trailer or final teaser or oh, whatever they're calling it. I watched that. Um, but the newest trailer has been released for uh, Ahsoka, and, uh, which will be coming out August 26th or something. 20 like, something. Sometime in August. Yeah. Something in August. Um, but in the newest trailer, the thing that hit me the hardest that I wanted to talk about today was Sabine has Ezra's lightsaber. Not, not just that for me personally, um, Sabine has Ezra's lightsaber, which she has wielded before in season three of Rebels. Yes. Cause she has that fight. Cause that's when she gets the dark saber. Right? Yeah. Um, so she's used it before. The worrying thing about that is that if Sabine has Ezra's lightsaber, Ezra doesn't. Just kind of the way that having one thing works. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> but the thing that I was more excited about is that she is back to the the haircut that she had in the show, which is a ludicrously minuscule thing to be excited about. 
<laughs> but it just it goes back to her character because like of all the things that she changed, that was a constant. Yeah. And also a Mandalorian yeah. having long hair makes no sense because it falls out of the helmet and is a hazard. Exactly. Yeah. So I Jay, I'm getting also I'm getting uncomfortably excited for this show and I'm scared. Also, did you notice too? I'm, I'm going to add this one extra oh, no. part. Have you noticed that the Inquisitor or whoever it is that she's fighting, um, her lightsaber looks like Kanan's? Didn't notice that. Oh no! You need to go back and watch it again uh, because it is. Man. You see her. She's she's holding up the green lightsaber, and then you see just the hand and the hilt of the Man. Inquisitor, whoever it is that she's fighting, and the end of it is shaped exactly like his. That's upsetting. I will say that the one person who has come out repeatedly, multiple times over the last, like, media blitz for Ahsoka, who has come out and said, I'm not coming back, I am done, is Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. So if that happens and it's just, like, a plot device, I'm going to be very disappointed. There was something else about Ahsoka that we didn't talk about last time. Um, it's probably old news at this point because it will have been, like, a, almost a month since the news came out. Uh, what is his name? Tamura Morrison, the actor who played Boba Fett in the Book of Boba Fett, yes. has been confirmed yeah, oh yeah, right. to be a live-action Captain Rex in Ahsoka. Yeah, yeah. And I'm... It's it's another thing that I'm just, like, full-sending excitement for this show. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't even... How would you explain why we're so excited to someone who never got into any of the animated shows? See, that's, that's, that's so almost tricky. impossible to do. Yeah, because that's the whole reason that anybody who's excited about this series is most likely there. I'm sure there are exceptions, but most likely it's because that they have watched either all or most of clone wars. Mm -hmm. And then they've watched rebels. Yeah. That's really like that. That would be the only reason you would be excited for it. Yeah. But the newest rumor, just while we're on the subject, the oh, newest no. rumor that I am most excited about is Empire Magazine released a photo of an Inquisitor uh, saying that it's an Inquisitor that's in the the Ahsoka series, fully armored. You can't see the person's face at all. Okay. And he has a double-bladed lightsaber. Right. And there is speculation that it's Starkiller because how cool would that be for Anakin's Padawan to be fighting Darth Vader's Padawan? It would be really, really cool, but that does not fit Starkiller's vibe at all. It doesn't, but... I remember when we were thinking... I would just really like to see it. <laughs> I remember, so I remember when we were thinking when the when the first Jedi Survivor trailer came out and Cal is going up to that guy in the back to tank and we were thinking, yeah. oh man, what if that's Starkiller? I feel yeah. like until Starkiller is in something now, that's just immediately where, where people like us are going to go. Is like, oh, I wonder if, if Starkiller is going to be there. Where it used to be, I wonder if you know this person or that person is going to show up somewhere. So um, speaking of, the person in that uh, back to tank is from the High Republic era, Jay. They Fascinating. They tied the High Republic into Jedi Survivor. Huh. And they have done it well enough that I, like, I'm not done with the plot yet. Personally, I don't think it's as good as the first one just because the first one is so good. It is really good. But it's so far it has been very, very good. Okay. So whenever you get the chance, I, I absolutely recommend it. Okay. I will definitely be doing that. Um, now, Netflix um, did something that they don't do very often, which is they released a really good show. <laughs> um, and, <laughs> and what they did was is they took um, – 
the Adams family and they said, Hey, what if we made a show that was just about one of the Adams family? What if we made it a teen uh, drama and made it a teen drama and almost made it like Hogwarts, but it's not Hogwarts. It's like a twisted Hogwarts Wart hogs and Wait, no, which is how you get Wednesday, uh, which is a show on Netflix about Wednesday Adams. And Jenna Ortega is the uh, actress who plays Wednesday. She did an excellent job. Um, very much understood the character. Um, it was very well written. I, I mean, I can't say enough about this show. It is really, really good. Uh, but they are going to be making another season. And uh, Jenna Ortega is actually going to be one of the producers for the Wednesday show. So that's really exciting. Um, especially just cons- can I ask you just an exceptionally dumb question? Sure. <laughs> Other than like funding the show, what do producers mm-hmm. do? That's an excellent question, John. So let me answer that for you. Um, so a writer uh, of the show, as you know, they're the ones that write the script. Mm-hmm. They kind of put the knit the story together, put the dialogue together, and and make an overall uh, on paper what it what the what the show will be. Okay. Okay. And then you have a director, and the director is the person who's sitting in the chair on set, and they're the ones that are telling people to go here, go there, say this say that um that wasn't good enough we're gonna try that take again they're they are directing the show they are directing the people on set to make sure that the things get done that need to get done the producer is actually one of the people that actually makes executive decisions about the show okay so they are the ones that yes they they help in the funding and all that kind of stuff but they are like one they are Basically, if you really want to get a movie done exactly the way that you want it done, you produce the show. Okay, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That that I thought it was just they throw money at things, and I was like, well, that's a it's a bold uh, task to take on. But I imagine it's it's part throw money at things, but also part money is thrown at you if it is successful. Yes. So So producers, I was I I learned a long time ago um, that producers, if you want something done. If you really want to make a show or a movie and you want it done your way, the way you want to do it, a producer is the position that you want to be in. Okay. So there you go. The more you know. Yes. And so uh, she has said that uh, season two is going to be darker um, than season one. And then also she mentioned that she felt that there was a little too much romance. And so that will be removed. So it'll just be like, there just won't be as much of it or it is just like eh, gone. I think there just won't be as much because that was kind of the the deal with the first one, which I didn't, I I didn't think it was a, I didn't find it as a complaint mainly because it's a, I mean, it is a teen drama. Yeah. So like you're, you know, that's to be expected, but there was some like love triangle things that were going on and it wasn't like distracting in any way. It just, you know, yeah, it's Wednesday Adams. She, you know, that's not really something she's thinking about. And so uh, that's going to be a little less in the next one, but that is it for the news. We don't have any shows to review right yeah, now. Just biding um, time till Ahsoka. Ahsoka. Oh yeah, no, it's much. in like in like and two then Loki weeks. Loki comes out in like two weeks. Secret Invasion starts. Oh, that's right. Huh? I completely forgot about right? that. I feel like I saw a tweet so, from Samuel L. Jackson earlier today, and I was like, "Oh dang, that is that is soon." Is it Secret Invasion and then Loki and then Echo? Oh, I don't know. Or is it? 
Yeah, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be interested to see what they do with Loki. Do you think they'll keep like Do you think they're gonna change it at all now that they've got all the stuff going on with uh, with Jonathan Majors? Yeah, I don't know because unless they uh, decide that they want to go the route that I theorized in our last episode, which if you want to hear more about that, please go back into our last episode and find the part where I save the MCU. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man, because you kind of put all your eggs in this basket. Yeah. And then someone dropped the basket. Hard. Yeah. So I, man, I don't know. I, being in the middle of a writer strike does not help. Because if there were anything announced of like, you know, we're revamping, we're going a different direction, we have reshoots at all. Like if they're going to change any part of anything, they yeah really can't right now. Because I would imagine... I mean, I could be wrong because I don't know how all this, how all of this stuff works, but I would imagine that a lot of these scripts have probably already been written, mm-hmm. right? So, huh. Yeah. So even if they wanted to make changes, can they? I don't know. It is, it is an unenviable place to be. Hmm. But now that we well, now have- now I'm worried. Now that we have made <laughs> it through uh, the little bit of news that I feel like we had this week, we'll probably have even less next week because it will be just like two weeks back to back. Yeah. Spider-Man across the Spider-Verse. Dude. So John and I happened to see this on the same day, and I saw it first because I... Jay texted me at like three (laughs) in the afternoon, which means he would have started this movie at like 1230 on a Tuesday afternoon. Like I got that text in like in my office. I'm sitting in my office and I'm just like, come on, man. Like... (laughs) It made the rest of the day feel so funky because we saw it. We went and saw it for Tuesday night movies because Meg had a meeting. We didn't want to actually like keep going with the category that we were in. So we went to go see, see Spider-Verse instead. And I was just like, man, I gotta, I gotta wait to watch this movie. I gotta wait to watch this movie. Man, why did we wait like three days to watch this movie? What's our deal? I don't know. Yeah, I know. I should not have waited. I, yeah, it was so. Yeah, so I messaged John, and I happened to not have anybody that day in my office, and so that's one of the advantages when you when you own your own business. You you know, if you don't have anything going on, you're like, well, I'd, I guess I'll go do something else. And I was like, hey, I need to go see this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm gonna go in the middle of the day when nobody's there. Uh, funny enough, Jeremy was there. That's so cool. And just randomly, and so I was like. Hey, come sit over here. And Do you so want a mystery science theater this movie with me? And he was like, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> and it was great. And uh, and so I leave the theater and I text John immediately and I just go, wow. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. <laughs> and I so I was so encouraged by the early reviews of this movie. Like once the review embargo lifted and people were actually like talking about it on Twitter because... We have talked about this at length for multiple episodes since the sequel was announced. I was borderline upset that they were making a sequel to this movie at all. Yeah. Into the Spider-Verse, to me, is shortlisted for one of the best animated movies of all time. It is, like, probably, if it is not a 10, it's like a 9.5. Yes. And the ending is perfect. It wraps everything up in a bow as much as it can. And then they announced a sequel to the perfect movie, Jay. I was upset. I was heated. I figured there's no way this could go well. And I was wrong. Mm. This movie, like, Across the Spider-Verse is phenomenal. One of the uh, one of the people in 
Tuesday night movies that that we watch with is a middle school teacher and she teaches like literature among other things so she was talking about like color theory and um the impact like why they would do some of the the styles of animations for the certain characters so having that as like a running commentary for like oh wow i really understand why they did that the levels this movie has it is obscene how detailed this movie is mm-hmm. just visually it is spectacular I mean, there's, there's just, there is so much detail, like you said, layer upon layer of detail that they go into for this movie. Like there was an, a, a ridiculous amount of love that went into this movie. Like the, the, the animators, the directors, the producers, the, 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 everybody involved, like, it's just, it's very obvious that they very much just absolutely love the product that they're making. And so and and it's kind of funny. Uh, somebody <clears throat> somebody on Twitter actually just tweeted. Somebody that I follow tweeted and said, "Why are movies now not to the same? Like, how come we don't leave the movies anymore in awe of what it is that we just watched? Like, what has changed between you know? Because like, oh, I remember what it was. They had just watched." Um, Jurassic Park, the first one, the original one. And they were like, to think that this movie came out in, let's see, 1998? To think that this movie came out in 98 and it has the amount of, you know, the practical effects and, which, and even the movie? CGI. The first one? The first Jurassic Park? Yeah. It was like 93, dude. Oh, it okay. It is early 90s. Okay. Which so makes the amount, it that much like, more impressive. Right. So they're like, the CGI that's in it and how good it is and, and the practical effects and the acting and, and just the, the story and everything coming together. Why, why is it so much better than the stuff that comes out even now? And I commented and said, because they care and loved the thing that they were making. Yeah. They weren't just making it for money. They were making it because they cared about it. Yeah. And they they wanted it to be the best. It didn't matter what the dollar amount was that they made off of it. Right. They wanted it to look good. They wanted to be proud of it. And this movie, that's exactly what they do. Yeah. So, man, I I don't even know how to describe like the the detail of the different art styles. So the gist of the gist of this movie is in the first movie they kind of dabble in in multiverse theory, right? You know, there are different spider people in different multiverses and in this one they ramp that up. Like on a scale of 1 to 10, we're talking probably about a 25, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There are probably conservatively a hundred or 200 different spider people throughout the course of the movie. Like if you can, if you can think of a Spider-Man variant that you like, Oh, this is the one that I liked for this era of comics that I was, that I was active in. Chances are that person is it's there, there and has some type of role. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of mind blowing in that sense of like, this is one of the most beloved characters and Every version of this character is represented, with one notable mm-hmm. exception. I don't know if you not if you caught that, Jay. There are direct references to Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, and an indirect reference to Tom Holland. But yes. he's not shown yeah. on screen like the other two are. Mm-hmm. So, who knows? Um, real quick, I have one um, very, very large complaint about this movie. There's one style of ending that I hate more than any other ending, and it is the aggressively stop- to be continued. The ultimate cliffhanger. Because the movie does not end, it stops. So we we we're watching that movie, we're all enjoying it, and then it it stops and a kid maybe three chairs down from me goes, "Those 
daggum cliffhangers. <laughs> and I was like, you, yes, you, you're right. Like I was the, the, the way the cliffhanger is it, there's, um, I don't even know. I haven't dove into the plot for this movie at all. And to be honest, I'm not really sure how there's a lot that, well, it's long first yeah. off and there's a lot that it's happens. Just, it's very precise. The, the things that happen in this movie are, are detailed again because they care and they wanted to make a good product. And it, the way, the way it goes is there's kind of a, a sl- the movie slows down a little bit, probably about 80, 85% of the way through. And then it ramps up again and it's gaining this momentum. And I am sitting in my chair having sat through at that point, what is probably two hours plus of movie. And I'm gearing up for like another 45 minutes or an hour. And I'm going to see this thing out because I'm invested in how this is going. And then it just literally to be continued across the screen. Like the cojones mm-hmm. of that decision, if I if I may say that, and if I may not, please bleep it out, and it will be funnier. Um, <laughs> just the bravery of that. Like I'm very upset, and I also don't know when the next. What did they say the next one was called? Beyond the Spider Verse. Beyond the Spider Verse. I don't yeah. even know if that's if that has any release window at all. Yeah, I don't know. I a little bit. I'm a little bit miffed. I mean, we knew we had an idea that it was going to end like this with this cliffhanger, mm-hmm. because when they first announced it, they announced they announced it as a part one and part two. Well, actually, they just announced it as a part one. Mm-hmm. And so to, to let you know, like there's going to be at least one more part. Yeah. Um. And so, you know, Hopefully we don't have to and, wait. But even at that time, it wasn't like they said, OK, part one is releasing at this time and part two at this time. Like they just said part yeah. one, like they didn't go past that. They didn't hit us with Dune, which speaking of part two of Dune comes out this fall. I was looking yes, at the movie I'm release calendar. I'm, I'm I need so to excited. rewatch that first one. I man, you talk about a long movie. Yeah, the, but man, it's so good. It's, it's exceptional. Um, yeah, I another movie very detailed, very convoluted to explain. Um, very excited to to get into that as we move forward. But um, which was the which was the spider character you were most excited to see? So the one that I was most excited to de- to see, and they executed him perfectly was Scarlet Spider. Ben That's Ben Riley Sandberg, right? Yeah, man. Um, because his comic was one of the first comic series that I ever read. Okay. Um, so Spider-Man was actually my first, th- th- that was kind of like the first comic book hero that I started paying attention to and started reading his comics started like I got like a, a big book about Spider-Man and, and all the different Spider-Man that had been created at that point. And, um, and then I, you know, this was in the probably the late nineties and about that time in the nineties was when Scarlet Spider was released. And so I found, I discovered him and started reading his stuff. And so I knew a lot about him. I, he's not my favorite Spider-Man at all, right? but he is my favorite costume. I think his costume is amazing. And he's, for those of you who may not know and don't really care to look him up, it's just like a, like a red sheen, like comic book muscly suit, but with a hoodie over top of it. Yeah. Sleeveless hoodie. Yeah. And again, because Uh, of the way that they do the styles, the like stylistically in this movie, characters from different era are animated in their own style yeah so he has that um i don't know how to i don't know like the actual like art terms to describe it but like that really just 90s look in terms of the way he the way he is and then there's a spider-man from the insomniac games was in there yes i thought that was a really cool touch um it was 
uh, Spider-Punk, who I thought was a little over the top, um, but then it turned out he's very important, um, is animated in a punk art style. Uh-huh. Like, the the way characters are is a reflection, or is reflected in the way that they are animated. And conceptually, that's so cool. Yeah, it is cool. Yeah, I, I loved it. It was great. And then you even got tie-in to live action, too, when Prowler showed up. They so they did uh, address the variants, um, like like we saw in Loki, except that they handle them a little bit differently. Uh, a little bit. <laughs> they don't just like eh, you're gone. They send them back to where they are supposed to be. And one of the variants. So in in the first movie, one of the characters we see is Miles Morales' uh, uncle Aaron, right? And he's his like one of his main one of his main guys. He he looks up to him, his inspirational figure. Turns out he's a he's a villain called the Prowler. And if you had been kind of invested in in Spider Man, this would have been before Andrew Garfield, right? Um, for Donald Glover, no, it was Homecoming. No, for for when Donald Glover was when people wanted Donald Glover to be Spider Man, it wasn't for MCU. It was for Amazing. Oh, oh right. Yeah. Yes. So yes. when Andrew Garfield got Spider Man, there was there was some fan momentum, and I imagine it didn't amount to anything more than that of people who wanted Donald Glover um, from Community. Uh, if you listen to rap, you might have heard him as Childish Gambino. Um, they wanted him to be Spider Man, and he he wasn't obviously. Andrew Garfield was, and then when the MCU reset Spider Man again. Um, he got a role as Aaron Davis, kind of a, almost kind of a throwaway part in Homecoming. He has like two yeah. lines. It's definitely fan service. It is 100% fan service in that movie, except now in Across the Spider-Verse, he is seen as a variant in full Prowler costume, except for a mask. So does that mean when we get MCU Spider-Man 4, he like he's on the table to show up? I think that's potentially what that could be saying. And I think that they did that almost as a nod to say, like, we hear you. You're upset that he never actually got to become the Prowler. And so this is our way of explaining where he's been all this time is he's been trapped in this like Spider-Verse cell until they put him back in the portal that sends it back to his universe. Which is, what did they call it? The go-home machine or something? The go-home machine. It's like, it is just so, it's, it fits the tone of the movie so perfectly. It's like, we're not, we're not going to call it this, like, ludicrously academic, like, completely over-the-top name. It's like, what does it do? It sends them home? Go-home machine. Roll with it. <laughs> I love that. But yeah, um, so there's, so yes, uh, Scarlet Spider was my favorite. Um, I love the way that they executed his personality because he is very dark. Like he's, he's very emotional and very much a Batman feel to him. Uh, and so it was, it was executed perfectly. And then him being played by Andy Samberg was just that much better. It was like, this is perfect. Do you want to know, um, what Samberg as the voice actor for this reminded me of? I don't know. I have no idea. Okay, so you remember Into the Spider-Verse, the, fir- the first one, Spider-Man Noir, right? Nick Cage. Yeah. Andy Samberg on Weekend Update, when he was on SNL, had a recurring bit where it was in the cage with Nicolas Cage. In the cage with... <laughs> yes. it's, it sounded like Andy Samberg doing his Nicolas Cage impression. Yeah, I could see that. And in my head, that's how I was like, like seeing him in the, in the voiceover booth. And it was the funniest like mental <laughs> image. The- with, with the uh, receding hairline. Oh, he's in full Nicolas Cage costume. Like, if Nicolas Cage wasn't a separate character in this movie, <laughs> he would be voice credited as Ben Riley. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. That was that was good. So who was your favorite? Miguel. 
okay. Miguel O'Hara is Spider-Man 2099. Um, future versions of present heroes conceptually intrigue me. Yeah. Because it's like, not only what is the future going to look like, but what is this take on this character going to look like in that future? And Miguel being like an actual vampire, in addition to having a super cybernetic suit, and he's Oscar Isaac. Like, Oscar Isaac's in everything at this point. Yeah. Because he's in this. He's Moon Knight. He was Apocalypse and X-Men in an exceptionally bad movie. Um, He's Poe Dameron in Star Wars. Criminally underused. Yes. Like, what fandom is he not in at this point? Like, Harry Potter, yeah, probably? That's true. Is he going to be... When they do Lord of the Rings... When they reset Lord of the Rings, is he going to be in that, too? Like... He's genuinely in everything, and he's yeah. good. Like, he is not the reason things are bad. Him, him, Pedro Pascal, and Chris Pratt will all be in the new Harry Potter series. <laughs> Playing who? Oh, gosh. Let's see. They, they uh, all play the same character, but they cycle out. <laughs> they're, they're all nearly headless Nick. That would be... Yeah, I could see them. All three of them are just playing ghosts. No real role. No. They just show up they're not even supposed to be there they just showed up on set and they're like well it's uh what is it there's a movie that actually happened in it's um i can't remember it but there's a movie where there's a scene in a blockbuster and man r.i.p blockbuster and i think it's been i think it's ben stiller um it was like an early 2000s rom-com type movie and dustin Hmm. hoffman was just there so he has a cameo in this movie because he was just where they were coincidentally that's funny so i i would love to hear more of those things huh okay so yeah i um Spider-Man 2099 is is a very interesting character, and I liked that he is... I, I wondered if he was going to be the villain of the movie, and in a way, he he was. I I the way the movie is set up because, like you like you said, it is a part one and a part two. Um, they introduce the character of the Spot, which seems like a joke character until he isn't, which is a very interesting character progression. Man, he was terrifying. Yeah, no, he was he was not uh, he was not um, let's say Calendar Man. He was not Calendar Man. Um. But so that they set him up to really be like the big bad. But if you take it on a on a smaller scale, like you were saying, who's the villain of this movie? Yeah, it really is yeah. set up. I think it is Miguel. Yeah, because it's 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 a it's a fun not fun. It's an interesting take on what happens when good guys cross the line, like like when they over police or they over protect. Yeah, and you don't really see that addressed in in a whole lot of superhero movies. So to see that progression of multiple characters throughout this movie of I thought we were supposed to be the good guys and them thinking oh well we still are this is what we have to do right and then seeing that branch off of like I can be the good guy and not do this thing that I think is horrible that you think is necessary like the yeah it's a um it's a superman injustice situation yes yeah I think that's I think that's completely fair not not that extreme but in that same vein but I, man, I need, I need there to be part two right yeah, now. <laughs> I would. So I, when we saw, when we saw guardians of the galaxy, when Megan and I did, we saw it at a theater in Nashville that I hadn't been to since the dark Knight rises. Oh wow. And when I saw the dark Knight rises, my roommates and I took time. Well, they took time off work. I wasn't 
I made a not intelligent decision and the movie theater did a, they offered a marathon ticket. They said, starting at like 8 PM, 7 PM, whatever, we're going to start Batman begins. When Batman begins ends, we will start the dark Knight. The dark Knight will end at 1201 and we will start the dark Knight rises. Oh, wow. I had Jay. (laughs) I had to be at work at eight o'clock in the morning. Oh my gosh. I made a mistake. Yeah. Uh, But I would do it again. It was a great time uh, spent with friends that I don't see anymore. So I would, I would absolutely make that decision again. Um, But that's what I want in this moment right now. I want one ticket to watch like nine hours of animated Spider-Man. I will sit in that comfy electric reclining chair and I will not move. Just kidding. It's nine hours. I'll have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) But like I will like I will sit there and I will consume all of that. Yeah. And I want it. Yeah. Yeah. There's there's really not enough that can be said about this movie. Um, You know, I did like that there was a little bit of a time jump. You know, we get a year and a half later after the events of the first one. Um, I really enjoyed that we got to see basically the origin stories of Mm -hmm. Spider-Gwen. That was really fun. And, you know, just kind of tied her character more into, you know, she wasn't just a throwaway character. She really is a very pivotal point pivotal part of this uh, uh, series. Also, uh, Peter B. Parker um, love. I, he he still my he and Spider-Man Noir are my two favorite characters, I think, in the entire series. Um, I love that he had his daughter with him the whole time yeah. and was like just being like a classic dad, yep. you know, and I loved I loved all of that. Um, and the the I think the the biggest thing that can't be said enough about this movie is the artwork for this movie it is beautiful absolutely beautiful um and it i think uh jeremy said it to me after we left the movie he said this is a movie that you could pause the movie at any point and make that your background photo yeah like it it, it doesn't matter where where at what point it is you could use it because everything in it is just fantastic and like yeah i mean you said it earlier the way that they convey emotion through the different um colors like they 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 do that specifically with Spider Gwen. Uh, whenever, uh, <laughs> whenever she is uh, at you know in her apartment with her dad um, or wherever, you know she whenever she's got certain emotions, the whole room changes to that color. Her hair would change color. Um, it was just it was stunning. Yeah, <laughs> and they they go to what's the what's the ultimate total like six different universes throughout the course of the movie, and they all have completely unique well not completely unique some of them do look similar but the the stylistic separation between Gwen's world or Spider-Man India's world or even the the world where they have the the Spider-Man like where they all meet where they all congregate they all look so different but they all look so good yeah there's not a there's not a weak link and I will say through the whole movie I kept I kept wishing that the original uh Spider-Man that had shown up in the first one would show up again. The only one we get is the the anime girl. I can't remember her name. Um, she's the only one who shows up um, until the end. Until the end, right? And then Gwen puts together a team, and they're all going to go save Miles because spoiler warning. 
uh, we're very spoiler heavy podcast, but Miles goes, he goes back to his universe to save his dad, but he doesn't because the spider that bit him was from, was from universe 42 and not 1610. And so he doesn't go back to his universe. He goes to that spider's universe. And when he gets there, he from that universe is the prowler and has been captured and so they have to go now and save miles and she puts together a spider team and it's the original spider-man from the first one in addition to spider-punk uh spider-man india and was that is that it so it's it's the team from the first movie punk and india and she's gesturing at the camera like she's talking to someone else. And the whole point of that scene is for this moment you and I are having right now is the conversation topic of who was she talking to? I didn't catch that. <laughs> I think that's exactly what it was. She is okay. in a universe we have not seen yet talking to someone who has not been on camera yet. I have one theory. Um, Ariel, who I watched the movie with, has one theory. I will present hers. I will present mine. I will see what you think. Her theory is Silk, one of the okay. known spider people who has not been on anything yet. Uh huh. My theory, as I alluded to earlier, is Tom Holland. Huh. So you think a live action Tom Holland? I do. Huh. So he would be green screened onto everything else that's happening. I don't know how I feel about that. I don't feel like it would work, but I feel like they'd try it. <laughs> uh, another thing, there's a... So while Spot is traveling from universe to universe, one of them that he pops into is the bodega where uh, Eddie Brock initially stops the first robbery as Venom. I don't know if you caught that, uh, audience. If you, I did catch that, If you yes. saw the movie, I don't know if you caught that because I feel like a lot of people didn't see Venom. Um, even though for what it was, it was very good, I thought. Yeah, it was. Um, so what if it's Eddie? Because bringing Venom into that, molding him into more of that anti-hero and not just pure villain, I think is kind of a way that we could trend. Um, or for me personally, the, the Venom variant that I would prefer that we got to see is Agent Venom. Oh, that would be incredible. Because <laughs> we're not going to get it on MCU because that Flash Thompson, no, it ain't going to happen. No. Nah. Um, so it would have to be an animated Agent Venom. I would be cool with that. Yeah, I'd be completely on board. Um, but gosh, who? So I didn't. Who's left? Okay, well now, now I gotta go. I gotta go watch it again. That's what oh, I, I just do. hate that for you, Jay. You oh, have to go rewatch awful. this movie that we have described as excellent in every possible way. <laughs> um. Yeah, I don't. Uh, man, I have no idea. I feel like I have to watch it again though now because like it's probably in there somewhere. Like they probably allude to it in some way. Um, oh man, I'm excited yeah. now. <laughs> I mean, I was already excited, but now I'm more excited. <sighs> okay, well, we're running long on time, so let's what? go ahead us? and no. After ah, our 20 know, minute right? intro go... where a rabbit hold us on something that wasn't even relevant, <laughs> surely we're not going over the time we were aiming for. Well, let's try to rate this. Um, I think just on a one to ten scale is probably. <laughs> I mean, personally, I'm going to give it a nine point five yep. because the only thing that takes away from the movie is I don't like. Th- cliffhangers because I like it more when a movie has a beginning and an end and it, you could potentially watch it like by itself. I like that more. So because of that, it's not a 10 for me, but good gracious, it is close. This is great. Uh, Same ranking for the same reason. It's a nine (laughs) five because that ending is dumb. (laughs) 
Yeah. So the next one, here's something I asked uh, a friend of mine. I'm going to ask you the same thing. Is the next part going to pick up exactly where the other one left off? Or is is there going to be some passage of time? I think the next one is going to start the same way this one did with an extended intro diving into one character. Okay. I can agree with that. And that that one character is going to be somewhat unexpected and crucial to the, the third movie. Yeah. As far as where I think the main plot will start genuinely the next frame the next second okay. i don't think you can afford yeah. to because the whole the whole crux of miles going back to what he thought was his universe was to save his dad who was going to be killed in two days so any passage of time completely voids his motivation okay yeah that's fair so it is the next second picks up immediately okay. i'm gonna go so far as to say the next movie starts with the last second of this movie it i could it see starts that. with gwen saying are you in and then it goes. That's my official take. Okay. Go go see this freaking movie. Go see it. <laughs> Do it now. Please. It's excellent. Well, if you saw the first one and you loved the first one, you will love the second one. If you did not yeah. see the first one and you go to see the second one, you will have absolutely zero idea what is going on. To an extent, yes. I, I think you could probably catch, you know, catch on to what's happening, but you're not going to understand it as much if you, like, you should see the first one. Right. First. This is not a Terminator 2 situation. You know, I don't know that I've ever seen Terminator 1, but I've seen Terminator 2. That is a movie that if we have a time where there's not anything coming out like that, I would love to review both of those movies. Like, I think I've seen it now because we, we watched uh, Genesis. But T, I saw T2. It was the first Terminator movie I ever saw. Yeah. And it's one of those rare movies. There's not many of them, but there, it's one of those rare movies where you, you don't have to have seen the first one to understand the second one. You're going to appreciate it more, yeah. but you don't necessarily have to see that. But all right. So John and I recommend you go see this movie. Go see it now. Yes. Drop everything you're doing. Unless you're like quit your holding job. a child or an animal or don't, something. Don't worry fragile. about your children. Just, no, just go. No, Jay, no. Take them with you. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit heavy. There are some parts that are very emotional, but they're handled very maturely. So if, if this movie hadn't been very long, I would have taken my youngest because he, he loves the first one. Uh, we watched the first one with him and he loved it. And so I know he would have liked this one if it hadn't been so long. Um, but we can watch it at home together and he can like get up and run around and stuff as we're watching it. Yeah. <laughs> but all right. Well, next time. Um, on this podcast, you're going to hear from us talk about the flash and transformers rise of the beasts. That will be next week. So come back in just one week to hear us again. Um, if you have any questions, please ask them. You can email us. They didn't ask us at gmail.com. You can reach the podcast on Twitter, T D A U underscore pod, uh, John eight Mueller, no J Mueller, eight, three, three, two, eight Mueller. <laughs> And then you can follow me, the nerd is underscore in, uh, and you can message us on there. Just just because I know one of our listeners is going to bring it up to me, uh, yes, it's counterintuitive that they didn't ask us, is asking you to ask us things. Uh, it's fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Don't think too hard. Let it happen. Just... <laughs> Let it be what it is. And how about this? You can email us, but we won't answer you. Is this like a Jeopardy thing where it has to be phrased in the form of a statement? Okay. Yeah. Okay, I got you. So if you if you come at us with like you just say it, then that's not asking. They, that's not asking. <laughs> so you're, you're not asking us anything. You're just telling us that we're wrong. Right. 
and but we know we're right, so it, it doesn't really matter. All right, I'm rabbit holing us again. Thank you all so much for for your time. We de- <laughs> we definitely appreciate you. We'll- yes, thank you, and uh, we'll see you back here in one week. But until then, nerd out. out.